0: Hi guys, this is Reet with a quick announcement before we dive into the episode. Uh, for this episode, I sat down with Chris Della, who is now a real estate agent, and he has got an extensive background in bank valuation. Bank valuation is slightly different to real estate sales. For those who don't know, bank valuers are people who actually approve mortgages on properties. They've got extensive knowledge on values of the various kind of properties that are out there. And it's a legit degree that you have to actually go through uni and obtain a property economics degree. The real estate agents, obviously they do go through legit training as well. I guess the difference is that the real estate agent's training takes two days, I think. But the bank valuation course actually takes about five years. So Chris is one of the few people who have that background in bank valuation and are now client facing in the real estate sales. So I thought who better to speak to some of you guys about first time home ownership. Although this episode is largely in a Brisbane context, I think it's still got some pretty solid golden nuggets which can be applied anywhere in the world. One last thing, (laughs) this is a funny story. I first sat down with Chris about a week ago to record this. I was so excited. We sat down over a couple of beers and the conversation was flowing so many golden nuggets so much content right after i pressed stop on the record the whole app just crashed (laughs) grateful to chris for rejoining me again the following week to jam again super excited to share this with you and without further ado i will hand you over to the podcast episode attention passengers please welcome aboard reed sen with conversations worth sharing please take your seat and fasten your seat belts It's time for flight mode. Chris Della, thanks again for joining me, my friend. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris Della is a former bank buyer turned into a real estate agent with his expertise in first time home buyer. So, what we're going to talk about today is effectively around the first time home buyer market, some do's and don'ts. Let's kick off. You had a fascinating story about how you actually got
1: into real estate in the first place. Yeah, for sure. I grew up, mum and dad, they bought and sold and built quite a few properties. So I guess as a young kid, I've always loved property and building and architecture. And truthfully, probably as a young kid, I thought I was probably going to be actually become an architect. But yeah, the long story is short. Basically, I saw mum and dad build their, I guess, their property portfolio as a kid and I will finish high school in 2007 and then met you in 2008, which was yeah. awesome at first year at uni, which is great. But around that time, obviously around that global financial crisis, mum and dad had actually lost a few properties. Dad also had been injured at work and yeah, they had built a portfolio of about five investment properties at the time. And you know, the market did hurt them quite a bit. And truthfully that made me just question how and why this all happened. And so there were some personal things that made me want to find out a little bit more about property. And so I guess I studied a, a degree in property economics at uni and then actually became a, a registered valuer. So to become a registered valuer, you got to do a degree and then you've got to do experience and then get on some registration boards and panels to basically give advice to the major banks, which I did that for about five and a half years, which was awesome. Specializing on the north side of Brisbane, after doing that, like you, you see probably about five to eight properties every single day going through their houses and I guess giving advice to the banks about people's properties. You get to learn a lot about people um, and one of the main things that I did learn was people had really no idea about real estate <laughs> a lot of the time people were spending loads and loads of money on renovations and expecting massive returns like they see on TV. I saw uh, you know working for the bank that a lot of these people that spend like a hundred grand on a renovation but would actually only increase the ha- value of the house by maybe ten twenty thousand which was yeah, it was actually quite sad and, and obviously when you 're working for the banks and in real estate, you hear a lot about the good in property if you 're not in property but the truth is when you're in property you actually see a lot of the bad so people going through a divorce people who have gone bankrupt people who have overcapitalized renovations i kind of transitioned into selling real estate just over a year ago now and yeah it's been a really really fun journey
0: obviously you've got extensive background in uh, bank valuation and it took you kind of 5 years to acquire that that role can you give us a bit of a snapshot of what the difference is between a bank value and a real estate agent and the different
1: qualifications required for each? For yourself, like already if you were to, to buy a house, majority of people would have to get a mortgage to purchase a property. And obviously, the mortgage is connected to the bank. The bank, obviously. Understands that there is a considerable amount of risk when they're, you know, loaning out people five hundred thousand to a million dollars for their first house, for example. From the difference between the bank value and the real estate agent, a lot of people think that bank value was I guess, under market value. But truthfully, bank valuers are at market value. They're more concerned about the risks with the property, which I think is, um, it's good. It's conservative, but it's actually just a more of a, a realistic, unbiased approach to a property. Obviously, with real estate, people are thinking about commissions, they're thinking about profit, et cetera. But from a bank perspective, they're thinking, look, if it was to sell today, how much would the house be sold for? I guess the main difference is it's it's an economics, property economics degree. The banks, they need a higher level of understanding and economics behind property. And then you also have to have continual development for your career, et cetera. But the main thing is most people don't really understand that a real estate agent, it actually only takes two days to become a real estate agent to get your license to sell. That's right. <laughs> there are courses for six hundred dollars, and, and within two days, you can basically get your ticket to start selling real estate.
0: Fair to say that, with your background in bank valuation, which has taken you five years to acquire, plus your recent kind of uh, real estate kind of selling experience, fair to say that that you do give a more of an unbiased perspective on uh, on property, and and you know probably got a bit more credibility built up. Uh, with your background in bank valuation,
1: yeah, hundred percent. The truth is, selling is very different to valuing. The key fundamentals of property don't change, if that makes sense. When I when I consider a buyer coming through, and you know, or a seller, and we're obviously talking about the positives of the property, but also the negatives. But I guess it comes from a, I guess a greater understanding how each property is so unique to each property. I can transfer that to my clients when selling. Because a lot of people don't realize this as well. It's like if, if your house was, say, for example, was valued at 500,000 dollars, and even if you put it on the market and you've got a contract for, say, 600 or 650, you know, a ridiculous price, the mm-hmm. um, majority of people don't realize as well that like, if the buyer is actually going to purchase the property, they, they need to get a mortgage. And the bank actually won't give the client that 600 or 650 that they purchased because the bank knows that the house is worth 500,000. And so a lot of people, for example, will purchase properties that will get contracts really high, but then they can't get their finance. So from a selling perspective, you know, the process of selling can take up to, you know, sometimes 30 to 40 days, you know, from getting from getting it on the market to it being settled. But a lot of that time, if a selling agent sells it at way too high, which would happen if they're uneducated or if they don't actually understand the market, it can actually waste everyone's time. So yeah, there's there's a few things that are different, but the main one is obviously every selling agent is, uh, has got a I guess a reason to why they're selling and obviously they're chasing commission whilst a bank valuer has a, um, an obligation to the banks. Um, but the way I look at it is mum and dads or people who are buying their first house, really technically um, they should be thinking like bank valuers because, you know, real estate is the biggest investment that most people will make in their yeah. lifetime. And you can imagine if, if you pay, you know, 60 to a hundred thousand dollars, more above what the actual value of the property is, it actually can actually really hurt people in the long term. And that's what I've seen in in my experience. You know, there are a lot of people that are just getting advice from two-day real estate agents. And the truth is sometimes that advice is not really based on what they really need. It's more about what the selling agent needs, if that makes sense.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Okay, so, so this is probably a question you get all the time, but let, let's really get into it. So if I am in the market for a property, probably you know, not immediately, but definitely kind of medium, in the medium term, and I'm gonna be a first-time home buyer, again, um, also in the medium term. So if I am looking into buying a home, say in the next kind of
1: two years, mm-hmm. what would my first step be? You know, I obviously speak to a lot of first home buyers and young people wanting to get into property. And when I mean young, I mean like, you know, there are some people I've, I've met, they're buying their first house at 50. Um, some people buying their first house at 18, 19, which is cool. What I say to people all the time, because everyone's circumstance is different, is, mm-hmm. is really to understand why you're buying a property. I think sometimes we get excited and you we know, will feel the pressure of buying a house. All our friends are buying properties and we're seeing it on our social media, you know, sold, sold, sold times from friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the truth is, mate, it's, um, yeah, I kind of ask people firstly, it's like, why are you buying? Because if you understand why you're buying, it really helps you make an unemotional decision, if that makes sense. Cause in real estate, it's very emotional. You know, there are people that fall in love with a kitchen or a bathroom or uh, something like yeah. that. And they're not considering, I guess, the fact that there's power lines going over the house or there's a massive easement, et cetera. So it's, I think that it depends. If you're buying it because of investment or you're buying it because it's your first home and it's the home that you want to live in for the next 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. there's a massive difference to, I guess, the approach that you take on purchasing a property. So, yeah, first is just ask why you're buying it. And then, secondly, is definitely to just find out how much you can purchase. You know, sometimes I get some clients that are like, yeah, mate, we want to buy this house, two-story, beautiful renovated house, five kilometers from the city, and we've got $400,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, in my head, you need nearly a million dollars or just over a million dollars to get something like that. Right. And so, yeah, understanding how much money you can actually purchase is, is definitely very important as well. So that's, that's an interesting point, especially especially the first point
0: you said about understanding why you're actually making the purchases for investment. Is it to live in for the next 20, 30 years, 40, 50 years? I, I find a lot of people almost get pressured into buying properties these days or, you know, they, they think it's a natural next step or, you know, all my friends are doing it. I've definitely felt it myself. Like I go on social media and I see my friends, you know, Pictures of them in front of a house and it says sold. I'm like, man, I want to see that guy. Yeah, I want to have that picture too. But yeah, that's that's obviously not not a valid enough reason for you to be going around buying houses. Uh,
1: You know, Australia, it's like the it's this great Australian dream to own your own property, if that makes sense. And yeah, of course. And um, especially when we, you know, you get to that season of life where everyone's, you know, getting married and and all that obviously those pressures are real but I, I guess I I like to say to people all the time it's like you know no one really talks about the mistakes they make if that makes sense there's no one that actually confirms or admits hey look we spent way too much on a property we recently got it valued and it was you know 30 40 grand under to what we spent no one admits that you know they're struggling with mortgage repayments etc so you know it's it's that's where I'm trying to say as well it, it's just so important to understand why you're doing what you're doing and and also just making sure you get the right advice. Again, if you're listening to parents or aunties, uncles or friends who are maybe purchased their first house maybe 10 years ago, mm. you know, the reality is the market has changed so much and it's constantly changing. Property reacts to the economy and, and, and the economy is constantly changing. You, you know, the reality is if there was meant to be a war, you know, in the next few years or the market was just to fall like it has and has done consistently throughout time all of that impacts property and so sometimes people do forget that like it is a it is a commitment that people need to make there uh, I guess you can you can measure those risks Um, like say for example like I purchased my first property at 25 and and people were going oh why would you be buying here or there or why did you buy that? It was a renovator on the north side of Brisbane. and But in my head, I knew that the value of property is in the land. It's not so much the actual dwelling itself. And so, you know, I just bought it. And, you know, within a year, that was a, it turned a profit just on the land value alone. Right. So, so, so can you walk us through that story in a bit more detail? So
0: um, so you, you buy your first house at 25. You obviously understand exactly why you're doing it. That's to flip it, right? Yes. Uh, so what do you do? You, you walk in there... What are the things you consider if it is something like you know something that you know you want to make money on in the next kind of you know in your case one year, but even in the next kind of two to five years?
1: You know, a lot of it was is research and understanding. I guess just the value, and obviously I had that. I have that advantage. You could pretty much tell me any suburb or street, and I'd have a rough idea of to how much the value of any house would be, especially on the north side of Brisbane, because that's where I, you know, uh, special specialize in. And um, yeah, like so, this house came on the market. It was actually being sold by an uh, agent that wasn't known in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, that that's a tip if you're looking to buy in an area. Honestly, and if you're trying to make money, or if you're you're actually purchasing it for investment or you just want a good deal. The truth is some of your top agents, they're they're incredible. They're experts. They know exactly. They've sold pretty much every house in that area. But then there are some agents that literally have done the two-day course. They somehow got a listing and they're selling a property and they got no experience about real estate. And so you can understand that like the negotiation if, especially if you have an advantage to understand property and what you want, et cetera, you could have an advantage over that agent to be able to negotiate a good price. And so again, this agent that was selling the property, I knew that she had pretty much not sold anything in the area. I, I looked at the house and she put it on the internet and I said, are you joking? That price is ridiculously low. Obviously it means that it needs to be some work, etc." But the truth is, it's also because she probably just didn't understand how the market was moving in that micro area if that makes sense and so I went in there first open home I was second person through I literally walked in the door down the hallway outside and signed the contract because I said
0: (laughs) "Yeah."
1: (laughs) yeah because I knew that like this was already you know 20 30 grand under market value just on the listing price you're a brave man I say that you know, as a, look, that was because I, I knew the value yeah, already. And you, you,
0: yeah, That's <laughs> fair enough. You've got a lot of, um, you know, hands-on knowledge that a lot of us don't. And, and you know, um, we can say you're a brave man and, and someone like myself would be sweating bricks. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, with your background in, in bank valuation, you probably understand exactly what a fair price is and what you could sell it for. You said you uh, sold it within one year?
1: That's right. Yep. So, sorry, it was just after the one did year. Did um, work or did you just kind of hold on to it for a year? Like, yeah, so with, within the year, basically did just a minor cosmetic renovation. It was a, a new kitchen, bathroom and, and um, removing a wall and things like that just to open up the space. And again, they're all just little things that you can do to, I guess, increase the appeal of the property. Because again, a lot of these houses, especially when they're renovators or they're older, they do need a bit of work. And a lot of the time, people don't want to put in the work. And so when you, you know, when you're young, you've got the time or you've got the contacts, you know, it actually can be quite a fun process. So yeah, it was, it was a big journey, but fun. It was a good one. So Chris,
0: what about some uh, tips for the guys who are looking to buy a house to live in for the next um, however many years, specifically, how easy is it for them to sell the house if it's not the right one for them? how much do you suggest they save up for, you know, obviously considering the fact that, you know, you can go on a mortgage as well as put down a deposit. What are some of the things that they
1: should watch out for and, and not get kind of sucked into? For 1st home buyers, like a lot of people that I speak to are buying their first house. Um, they bring up the grants and, you know, those those grants are good, but I guess realistically, the grants, they actually have restrictions to what you can purchase. Again, like I was was speaking earlier about the renovation project. From what I know, the grants, you cannot actually get it unless it's a brand new property. So obviously that means that you have to purchase something that's normally in a new estate. And if you know Brisbane, there's not really that many new estates actually within close proximity to quality school shops and public transport and the CBD. So a lot of those new properties are actually uh, further out, perhaps Northlake, some at Ipswich, a little bit further out. So you know, obviously you can also buy townhouses and units and stuff like that um, with the grants. But the way I I, kind of advise people in regards to grants is is just to be mindful that um, even though they're great and they seem like a lot of money, the reality is those grants do have restrictions and they actually cover a lot of the costs to, I guess the premium cost of building something brand new so I say to people building a brand new house is, is very similar to buying a brand new car you know the reality is you buy a fifty, sixty 60 thousand dollar whatever brand new car but the day that it's no longer brand new it actually depreciates in value and so again like even though you may get a grant for 15 or 20 thousand dollars you just got to understand that you're paying a lot of just the premium and the fact that it's brand new and sometimes the values actually may drop. So again, it's, it's case by case in some scenario, some scenarios and some suburbs it it drops. Sometimes it, it doesn't, sometimes it goes up in value, but then again, it, it's kind of, again, asking that question, why am I purchasing? If you work in the city and that's the career that you're most likely going to work in for the rest of your life, you really want to be purchasing a brand new house, I guess, you know, maybe 20 kilometers out from the city and knowing that transport is a problem in Brisbane. Would you be happy to drive every day and peak our traffic or transport it every single day with thousands and thousands of other people? Um, and then again, you can kind of go, well, do I want to live in a unit? Um, do I want to live in a, a, a townhouse? I help clients do find townhouses and units, even though there's all this, I guess, sentiment around how bad townhouses and units are. But in saying that, I actually advise a lot of people, again, to buy kind of older, Townhouses that are, I guess, in the 70s or 80s kind of age, not particularly brand new. But again, I I, I had another client that was at a different season of life that was a bit older. They were sick of living in an old house that they needed to maintain and they didn't need to work in the city anymore. For them, they could work at home. They built a a brand new house out, you know, 20 kilometers out from the city. But that's because life for them was pretty much out of the city. So it was fine.
0: What do you think makes sense? So, what are some of these restrictions uh, that people get stung by, by, by these first-time home grants? You, you mentioned location is one. Is that the main one? Um, uh, sorry, did, and, and just to backtrack, did you say that these grants are available to uh, people who are buying only brand-new houses or, like, second-hand houses as well?
1: The main restriction is, the, like, there's a few of them and you can see them all on the, if you literally just Google it, it will come up with everything. The main one is the fact that, yeah, it has to be a brand new product. And so for me, you know, again, I, I kind of go, well, it sounds great to get a fifteen twenty dollars 20000 grant, but the truth is you've got to be careful because it's, it's obviously a grant initiated by the government to perhaps... Supply the demand for employment, perhaps the supply the demand for construction. It's an incentive really to purchase properties that are restricted to what the government wants. And from what I can see, it's pretty much saying you need to buy a brand new property, which again, some people that's all they want to live in. They want to live in a brand new property. So for that person, that's fine. But for me personally, like I know that the value of a house anywhere in the world is basically based on the land so you know you look at sydney you look at melbourne you look at new york you look in um you know london obviously as close as you can get to the city even though these houses may be hundreds and hundreds of years old it's the reality it's the value is in the land not so much the actual dwelling so again i kind of look at those grants and go well it's interesting it sounds like a great incentive to get twenty thousand dollars for a house but the truth is what kind of house am I going to get um, when realistically I kind of look at it is, you know, you could build a 400 or a $500,000 house, maybe 20,000, oh, sorry, uh, 20 kilometers out from the city. But the truth is like what happens if you could actually buy a house around that 400 or 500,000, but maybe only 10 kilometers out from the city, 10 to 15 kilometers, even though it's, it's only a few kilometers difference. The reality is you're most likely going to have a house that's with a bigger block of land. It's going to be closer to transport. And even though it seems like just a few kilometres, it's crazy the significant difference even just between five kilometres further out in regards to traffic, that's going to save you up to nearly half an hour, really. Um, I look at that and I go, I'd rather have an older house compared to a newer house, knowing that the value of the land will increase, hopefully, over time, but also in regards to traffic congestion and things like that.
0: That, that makes perfect sense. And, and if you are to look at kind of, you know, the, the grants and stuff and the locations that are available, you mentioned Ipswich, you mentioned North Lakes, um, and if you do decide to pursue it, is there a chance that, um, you know, those outer suburbs slash towns will one day become like a, you know, like a financial hub, or, you know, have a economic boom? Or is that just kind of a gamble?
1: Yeah, look, 100%. Like a lot of those um, those areas there I guess they're getting, infrastructure is going into those areas so that you basically don't need to go to the city, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. in North Lakes and all the surrounding suburbs around there, you, if you live in that area and you work in that area, it's it's an incredible suburb to live in. Yeah, so yeah. Some, some I was on the it
0: weekend. Just, uh, it just blew my mind. I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's like golf golf
1: courses in people's backyards. There's... You know, nature, everything you could ask for. 100%. And and they've got the awesome cafes and, and places that, that you would expect closer into the city as well. But I guess, like, to answer the question, it, it's more the fact that, like, um, historically, I guess, yeah, the closer it is to the CBD, values do rise and because of the land, not the dwelling because of the land. But I guess in regards to investment, if you did want to live out in those suburbs, It's not that they're bad suburbs; they're great suburbs. It's just the fact that, like, from a buyer's perspective, in ten or twenty whatever years time, it's the understanding that, like, they know that they would pretty much need to live, work in that particular suburb or that pocket. um, That is, you know, there are like little mini cities now, but it just means that, like, I guess you, you know, with with property, for example, we're going back to um, the house that I renovated and, and sold. I really wanted a black kitchen. It, to me at the time, it was really cool to have a black kitchen, black bench tops, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I knew that I was selling it for investment purposes, I knew that I needed to basically renovate the house to, the, I guess, the mass audience, if that makes sense. Obviously, if you, and that's what I'm trying to say with, um, I guess, outer-suburb areas. Don't get me wrong, they're great and they're beautiful and, and they're livable, but I guess that you limit yourself in the future because it's not to the mass audience if that makes sense when historically most people live and work in the cbd yeah that's kind of where everything is for them mm-hmm. um, but saying that like it, it's always hard to tell because you know you look at things at like technology the fact that you know i'm on the north side of brisbane and you're in the cbd now you know mm-hmm. where and we're having this conversation things like that and i guess the availability of being able to do things online it's going to help People make those decisions with property in the future, so yeah, it's it's hiddenness. It really all depends on what you want to do. So
0: yeah, okay, okay. So so let me ask you some uh, some advice then from my own kind of personal um, instance, right? Mm -hmm. So say I want to, you know, for my first house, I don't mind if it's first hand, second hand, or whether or not I take advantage of the grant. But in the Brisbane context, and you know, apologies for the guys listening uh, overseas, but or in other parts of the world, but this might be also something relevant, you know, that, that you might want to share for, for, you know, from a general perspective
1: Mm.
0: with my budget, which is say around 450,000, where should I look at, you know, being as close, obviously you mentioned being as close to the city as possible is, is beneficial. So where would I look at with, with that kind of a budget?
1: Yeah. Look, um, and obviously like, you know, we're mates and I know how you live and I guess, some of the things that you wanna do. So again, this is going back to understanding why you're buying a property. So I know like for you with work, I know that you need to be close to the city. I know that for you, it's, it's not affordable to be, I guess, 20, 30 kilometers out from the city to me, when I look at, and then I hear your budget when it's like in that 400 and 500 range, the, the reality is it's, it's a good amount of money, but it all depends on what you want to do and how much time do you actually have as well. The truth is you most likely probably have to do a bit of work. And, and I know that you could probably do some of that work. I know that you've got mates that could help out with renovations, et cetera, et cetera. From knowing you, again, this is my point to all of this is understanding I guess, the background and why you want to do what you do. Do you want to live in Australia for the next 10 years or do you want to live overseas, um, you know, in regards to your income? It's all, you know, you're going to get married, all this kind of stuff, you're going to have kids. For me, knowing you personally, in my head, I kind of go, well, uh, REIT really does need to be in the city. And that's, that's just because that's all these connections, is work, et cetera, is there. But that's where i would be saying to someone like you, to be honest, a secondhand older kind of unit, is actually not going to be that bad, and again, like a lot of people going, "Oh, Chris, don't, what?" I'm getting, I'm seeing all this bad stuff about units and townhouses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But again, if you if you know why you're doing it and the areas to buy, they're actually not too bad. Like for example, um, I know a, a friend of mine; they bought a house in Albion. I had a client that I helped buy a house in Gaythorne. I've currently got a house in Hamilton, uh, a unit, sorry, that's for sale, and they're all in your budget. But again, I would say, look, you know, those units under that 400 or 500 range, they, they may need a bit of work. There may be only two, three bedrooms. But I think for you, like, you probably need something like that. But in saying that, like, to the majority of the people that I speak to, I always say to them, if you can, buy a house with, you know, a dwelling with land as close as your budget can afford to the city. I get what you're saying. And, and, and that being said, I've seen
0: some amazing locations for units as well. Um, you know, always drive past the Wollongaba, Kangaroo Point. And there's tons of units there which, you know, which have, which are overlooking the city, obviously within arm's reach from, you know, the city, the valley, uh, West End, South Bank, all, all the kind of major, major spots. Uh, close to work, close to entertainment um, and close enough to, you know, kind of the outdoors, outdoors as well. It, it, would there be anything else to worry about specific to a unit like council tax? and,
1: and- Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, and that's probably the biggest one. It's, um, you know, your body corporate rates, like yeah. a lot of those incredible buildings that you see close to the city, especially brand new. Some of those rates are, are huge. You know, some of them mm. are, are massive. Uh, some of them are even in the thousands per year that people don't kind of factor in. It's like, okay, look, if I buy a property, i a one or two bedroom unit for around the $400,000 close to the city. Then you've got to add probably, you know, who knows a body corporate rate between four to seven to $8,000 a year just to maintain it. Again, that that's a big one that people kind of forget about, but like, you know, for, for example, I, I helped a client buy a house. It's a three bedroom townhouse in Nanda. You know, you're looking about eight kilometers out from the city, but you've got good infrastructure you got shops, you're walking distance to cafes, etc. We helped him buy it for around four twenty-five, three bedrooms, two bath townhouse with a single garage, close to everything. He worked at the airport, but said, "You know, what? I want to be able to go to the city and see mates and stuff on the weekends, etc." So for him, like that was awesome. But I guess that's what I mean. Like it is, you know, he did have to go. Okay, what about the council rates? What about the body corporate rates, etc.? And it worked out for him that that was the best option. So, yeah, it's, it really is case, uh, mm-hmm. case by case. But, yeah, the biggest one is definitely just to consider the body corporates. And for most, some people, again, they, it is, is an issue, but it's not a massive issue for people, especially if they, they go, if, they, if they're set on buying a unit, for example, in the city, put that into their budget. Mm, okay.
0: I'll run it past the missus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, so what's next for you, my friend? Um, obviously, you know, you've already bought and sold a house that was purely for renovation purposes and oh, sorry, but purely for reselling purposes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you bought it, you did a lot of renovations and uh, you sold it at a profit. So what, what's next for you? Do you aim to kind of build up a portfolio uh, of properties like a lot of people do and kind of, you know, resell them when the time is right or, are you now looking to kind of settle down and you know move into a place of your own or are you quite happy kind of renting at the moment? What, what's what's your game plan?
1: Looking at my life now, I left a very stable income job um, working for the banks and, and went into a career that is sales <laughs> and it's fun and it's awesome and I love it. Um, you know, it really is a job that I get to I guess be able to give advice to people about, especially my clients and really help them out. Like, you know, for me, I love seeing a client that says to me, Oh, Chris, we want to spend $60,000 on a renovation before we sell. Pretty much. I give them all the evidence to say that, to be honest, don't spend it because you're going to waste the money. You're not going to even make money back, but let's do a little bit of this and that to help increase the value. And then seeing them get the house sold, et cetera. That's, that's really fun to me. So Mm. Um, you know, the truth is um, right now I'm pretty much just going to be concentrating on getting more listings and selling more properties, et cetera. Currently, we're just renting, which is fine. But for me, I am always on the hunt for renovators. It, that's the, for me, it's, I, that's exactly
0: I guess,
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's again, like when you, you can buy, like, don't get me wrong, I have, I, I one day would love to buy a house actually um, on the water at Sandgate and uh, Brighton, if in Mm, Um, Shawcliffe. And there are some houses out there that are still in that 500 range. But I guess the ones that I want are closer to the million with water views, et cetera, et cetera, that's where I'm trying to work towards. But I guess the way that I want to do it is basically through flipping um, another property, wherever that is on, on the north side of Brisbane. I've even looked at properties out at Ipswich and stuff like that because you know, there are actually great properties out there for good income in regards to rents, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much land values, but more rents. Yeah, mate. Like Luke, truthfully, I was looking for the renovator, but I know now that I wouldn't be touching a renovator unless I was actually going to make a good amount of money because it obviously it does take time. It is yeah. risky. Um, work. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. So, you know, in the season that, I, that I'm in, it's more just concentrating on, I guess, the business and, and selling. And then when I've got that bit of time to do another renovator, then yeah, definitely be going for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice in terms of rentals? Like what to look for when you're looking to rent a house? Uh, You know, obviously probably a lot of, uh, probably the majority of of the listeners of this episode will be people who rent. Do you have any advice for them? Like for their next lease?
1: Yeah, for sure. For me, like for example, we're currently renting a place that's like an old Queenslander that's what is it probably about 12 to 13 kilometers out from the city okay it's in a suburb that we um absolutely love it's an older house etc um Mm -hmm. close to the water that we like i say to people all the time it's like for example um you know if you want to be renting maybe rent an area that you you possibly want to buy in one day you know like um if you if you really like if you really like that suburb near the water before you go you know, spend $500,000 on the house, why don't you go rent there for six months, see if you like the area, get to know the cafes, get to know the location, if it feels safe, et cetera. So don't be afraid of renting in areas that you eventually want to buy in. But then secondly, obviously it's just really also just consider you know, renting areas that are close to things like work and to friends and to family. Right. as well yeah and in saying that as well in this in this especially if you're looking at units you're looking at townhouses close to the city everyone in brisbane knows that there is a, a huge supply of units and townhouses in the city mm-hmm. truthfully don't be scared to negotiate even with rentals because you know there, there are companies uh, the, the developers they're giving out you know things like free ipads and stuff like that if you rent their units so again don't be afraid to ask you got to ask the questions that's the main one uh, yeah fair. cool
0: <laughs> Okay, so um, was there anything else that's, that you want to share before we wrap this up? What's,
1: any, anything else that's new with you? Any advice that you want to share uh, to our listeners, real estate related or not? You know, just summing it all up, just understand why you're buying a property. Like Honestly, just, um, I see so many young people just fall into the trap of thinking that you need to buy a house to, uh, you know, I guess be successful in life. I think, I guess, firsthand and seeing it firsthand, I guess, how people can make decisions based on emotion, et cetera, especially around property, mm-hmm. um, turn out bad. Mm. I just, I just, yeah, I guess the number one thing that I want to leave people with is just really do, yourself, do your homework, um, do your research. Don't just listen to what everyone else has to say, but yeah, really get the right advice from the right people. Consulting
0: with a bank valuation
1: background. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Get that plug in. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess I'll leave I'll leave this one um, story because it's one of the fun things that I I do tell my clients. Like, I had a young mm-hmm. guy who had roughly around the six hundred thousand dollars to buy a property, mm-hmm. and um, he was going to buy like a, a newish kind of property in a really nice area, and um, he was actually a tradie. And I said to him, I said, mate you have so many people that firstly owe you favors mm-hmm. <laughs> in the trade business, but also you've got the time, you've got, you know, the experience to, to do what most people don't want to do, you know, things like painting, things like removing walls and, you know, doing the renovations. Mm-hmm. Like he could do it in a heartbeat if that makes sense compared to, mm-hmm. to the average person. Found a house closer to the city, a renovator. and needed a lot of work, trust me. And that was around the under the four hundred range at that time. This is about oh, Nearly two years ago now. Basically, I said to him, "Hey, mate, this is what you need to do. You need to turn this living room into a bedroom, increase the value, um, do this, do this, do this." You know, that house today that he spent roughly about fifty thousand dollars in renovation costs, etc., plus the cost for people to help him out, etc. That house today would be worth over six hundred. Yeah, there's just so many different ways to to buy a property um and it it all depends on why you want to do it how you're doing it and really um yeah kind of being open to those ideas awesome i'll
0: definitely hit you up uh, when <laughs> when i'm in the position so uh mate thanks so much for sharing that this is this was again like i know you've you've shared this with me before but um it really it really is eye opening a lot of things you said so Appreciate that, mate. Uh, where can the people find you, be it for you know real estate advice or just to connect?
1: Yeah, for sure. Honestly, a lot of my stuff is just on my social media. You can find me on my Instagram at Christella. And then, yeah, you'll see that I, I regularly post things about renovations. I, I post stuff about, yeah, all things property, really. And um, you'll actually see there's a link there. Um, I recently did an interview for realestate.com um and that was that article was about how to sell a house and renovations everything that i've pretty much talked to your listeners about so yeah yes. you can find me on there um and yeah mate on facebook just add me whatever that's cool
0: <laughs> brilliant all right mate well look thanks again for your time chris really appreciate it i know you've got a busy day ahead so i'll let you get on we'll uh, we'll catch up uh, i'm sure in the next kind of you know coming months just casually for sure I need to. I need to also pick your brains about my uh, my first time home buyer when the time comes around. So looking forward to it. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk. Cool, mate. Thanks. Yeah.